you know all the other people were enjoying him during the camp now they've gone back to their locations but they are watching us online but we have a real opportunity to host the senior pastor and movement leader of Mavuno Church Pastor M and Pastor Carol so ladies and gentlemen give a warm worship harvest welcome to Pastor M and Pastor Carol that's not enough that's a lousy welcome for a global anointing hey! worship harvest this has been an amazing weekend we have learned so much we are so blessed and we just want to say thank you so much to Apostle Moses and to Rev Ma for inviting us it's been an amazing time it's been an amazing time so for me it's just to pray and what I want us to do is just to put our hands on our head and speak to our father and just tell him, Father, when you're calling on others, do not pass me by. I receive my word today. I receive my blessing today. I receive my instruction today. I have been told I am a world mover. Therefore, Father, I believe that. And I receive your instruction and your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. Wow. Please have your seats. Thank you so much. Thanks, Apostle, for helping me, this village young man who doesn't know this posh technology. How are you doing, Worship Harvest? Somebody give glory to Jesus. He's in this house. He's a mighty God. What a joy to be in God's house today. I don't take it for granted. I've, I, I, it's been a long time since I was in Worship Harvest Garage. Like I was feeling so nervous. I was like, my goodness, I can't believe I'm in Worship Harvest Garage. Thank you for the privilege, Apostle Mo. Thank you for the privilege, uh, Pastor Ari. We're so blessed to be here. Uh, we just want to honor all the pastors of this house. Amazing, amazing men and women of God who lead this incredible movement. And I just want to say, my goodness, you guys are better live than you are online. Hey, what? I thought it was just TV. I'm here, I'm like, what? It is better live than online. For the people watching online, in you need to be here. This place is on fire for Jesus. I can't believe this. You know, as I was watching, as I was listening to Pastor Evangeline and the team from, the, from Europe, I just kept imagining, imagine when the church in Europe will be like this. Ah! What? Oh my goodness. This, I just have such a joy when I'm, when I'm in this place because the presence of the Lord is here. Tell your neighbor, the presence of the Lord is here. Amen. We're not here to celebrate human beings. We're here to celebrate Jesus himself and is in this house to bless his people. Amen. Today I want to speak about building God's house. I want to speak about building God's house. And before I do, I want to ask you a question because God is about to bless you big time. I don't think your neighbor looks convinced. God is about to bless you big time. How many are ready to be blessed by God? Amen. I want you to do me a favor right now. Just 
tell your neighbor for me if you had all the money god just blesses you with all the money that you can imagine what's one thing that you've been wanting to get that you would definitely get you know like by the end of the day you'll have ordered it come on somebody tell me what's one thing that's one thing like by the end of today you'll have put in that payment you'll be like it's done it's done i got it yeah just tell your neighbor one thing just one thing that you would do even the people at the back the people are tell your neighbor something they think you might let them know you're alive you're not dead you're in the house amen <laughs> wow as you sit down tell your neighbor for me your dreams are valid yeah your dreams are valid your dreams are valid you know it's very interesting because all of us have something that we would do I, some of you are looking so holy. I know that the first thing you said is, I will tithe. Ah, I will send that money. I will buy land for the church. I see, I see you, the spiritual people in the house, the super saved ones. The rest of us, we have things we will do with that money. Ah, I tell you, some of us, you will not recognize us. Hey, but you know, let me say this. All of, just the, the same way. That we all have these dreams, these aspirations, these things that are on the bucket list, the places you would go, the things you would buy. One day, when you have everything in place, it's the same way that for many of us, we think about serving God. One day, one day, when I have all the money in the world, when, 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 when my business is going well and it's all over the place, when I have a wonderful spouse by my side, somebody. Hey, one day. <laughs> and you know, there are many people who say, one day I will serve God. Watch me serve God. Hey, there's a sister in this house who said, when that tall, dark, handsome is next to me, ah, I'll be a missionary in Somalia. Anywhere the Lord says, I will go. I will go. <laughs> the Lord, yeah, the man locates me, then we locate the mission. Come on, somebody. <laughs> for what a location you know for many of us serving god is in the dream category one day when everything is in place i will serve the lord and watch how i will serve the lord i want to tell you today about a group of people who had this same ambition they said the day the lord gives you will not see we will be serving god seriously once the Lord sorts out a few things for us, I want us to turn to the book of Haggai. It's a book that we don't often preach about in the scriptures. It's a very short book. Some people say Haggai. Haggai. <laughs> How do you say it in Kampala? <laughs> oh, wow. Haggai. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn from you. So, so as you're turning to that book, I want to give you a little context because the people in the book of Haggai, they had come back from exile. 70 years of captivity. They'd been taken into captivity because of their sin. They had repented. God had heard them. He had, he, the, they, had, they had fulfilled the prophetic time. God sent them back, allowed a king to come into place who sent them back to the, the promised land. And they came back and they found everything had been burnt and destroyed, including the temple. And they decided that they were going to start to build that temple. And they began the work, they raised money, they, they worked hard to build the temple, and they built the foundation. In two years, they had put up the foundation again. And they were so excited, they had a big party. And the noise was heard across the whole region. 
they celebrated that the foundation was in place. So foundations are exciting, by the way. Because now you know something is about to go up. Something is about to go up. But the noise attracted attention. You know, when God blesses you, there are people who are not happy. Yeah, there are always people who are not excited. And there are people who are not excited. And all kinds of political mudslinging began against them. And the neighbors were threatened. They were wondering, who are these people? Why are they, why are they prospering? And so all kinds of rumors were, were cast about them. And the rumors went up and reached the king. And a letter was even written to the king to say, these people are subversive to the empire. And as a result, a decree was given and the work on the temple was stopped. And the people were so discouraged. And the people said, okay, I guess we can't build God's house. There are many, many reasons. Now it's not a good time to build God's house. And, 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 and 18 years went by. 18 years went by. Nothing was happening. And God sent a word to prophet Haggai. And this is what it says. Haggai chapter 1. In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, the time has not yet come to rebuild God's house. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Let's read that one together. Give careful thought to your ways. And God says some very sobering things to them. He says, you have planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Oh my goodness. What? This is what the Lord Almighty says. Let's read it again. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin while each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the olive oil, and everything else the ground produces on people and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. Mercy. The people of Israel had failed to build God's house. They, they had all kinds of reasons why they said it wasn't the right time. They said maybe it will get the wrong attention. Maybe we need to settle down. Maybe our children need to be first educated. Maybe our businesses need to be established. Whatever the reason, the Bible tells us they were saying that this is not the time to build God's house. It's not the right timing. 
But the prophet asked them a question. And this was the word of the Lord. Is this a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Is this a time for you to be sorting yourself out? Is this a time for you to be building your career? Is this a time for you to be establishing your household while my house remains a ruin? You know, I believe that today, in our modern day, the equivalent of building God's house is making disciples. It's making disciples. This is what this scripture is, would be referring to us in our modern day equivalent. The Bible says in uh, Corinth, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. Can we have it on the screen? Let's read it together. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. God's building today is people, is disciples. And God is saying, you are my building. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. It says something very similar. It says, let's read again. You also like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. We are the spiritual house of the Lord. The Lord dwells. By the way, how can I tell you that the Lord is here? Because we are here. Because his children are here. The Bible says where two or three are gathered, he is there. Right now in this house, the, the presence of the Lord is here. You don't have to feel it. Take it from me. The word says his presence is here today right now among us and god's call to us is to build disciples to build his house and maybe you've said to yourself like the israelites this is not the time for me because i'm still young and inexperienced uh, i don't have qualifications i don't have anointing like up more i I, ca I can't preach like like pastor b3 i can't lead like pastor florence Ah, it's not the time for me because my business is still not yet established it is still too young i can't build because my children right now are tiny ah, I, I i need to be giving time to my children i can't be giving time to god's house and as god's people we have many 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 reasons why we don't involve ourselves in the pro process of building god's house and all these reasons are valid by the way they are good reasons but the problem is that god faulted the thinking of the Israelites. And he said to them two times in this passage, a very powerful phrase. He says, give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought. God repeats that twice because he really wants them to start thinking about what they are doing. Because the results they were seeing in their lives were because of the choices they were making when it came to God's house. There are five things that happen in your life when you don't prioritize God's house. And this passage, verse 6, talks about those five things. I'm going to detail those. Tell your neighbor, it's just five things. It's only five. This, this sermon is just about five things. Once you get those five things, you might even identify some of them. Five things that happen. Five, five consequences when believers do not prioritize God's house. The first one, and there are five principles. Let me call them five principles because these are principles that become activated and start working against your life. Five principles that actually become activated against you when you don't build God's house. The first principle is a principle of unfruitfulness. The principle of unfruitfulness. The Bible says when you fail, that, that it, it says you have planted much, but harvested little. That's unfruitfulness. The picture here is of a hustler. 
You know, I used to think that Kenyans are hustlers until I came to Uganda. Ah, the people here run. I mean, they are building serious businesses. Everyone has a side hustle. Or, or not the people in this church. You're not identifying. People, people seem to be industrious in this country. They like to build things. They're busy building things. The picture here is of a person who's always running to do a hustle. They have this hustle they're building. They have this little thing they're doing. This little money they're chasing. Oh, this is just a Kenyan sermon. You're, you're, you're with me. We're together. And the problem for this person is the harder they're working, the less results they're getting. They have put in so much work in this business and there are no results. So this person is a person who despite all those years working on that business, it is still a hobby. <laughs> Do you know people who run businesses that are hobbies? It has money at the end of the month, but actually if they were serious and they did a spreadsheet, they would realize the energy they put in and the time they put in are not commensurate to what is coming out. And they're just surviving, even though this thing has been running for a long time. That is unfruitfulness. Despite all the education you have, and people have a lot of English, but you're not able to get a job that is commensurate to your English. Nobody recognizes your qualifications. And you're always putting in as, uh, job applications, and they tell you, we'll call you. And you want to tell them, can I save you the airtime? I call you. I've got airtime. I can call you. <laughs> And they're saying, no, 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 don't worry. We are the ones who will call you. And the call never comes. Despite the fact that you're so gifted, people who are with you in school who have less gifting and you know they have less gifting than you, they seem to overtake you all the time. That's called unfruitfulness. Hard work is a good thing, by the way. Don't get me wrong. God doesn't reward laziness. But hard work without fruitfulness, that is not of God. That is not of God at all, at all, at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're experiencing unfruitfulness, maybe the choices you're making should cause you to give careful thought to your ways. Tell your neighbor, give careful thought to your ways. Number two, the principle of scarcity. The principle of scarcity. He says, you eat but never have enough. You eat but never have enough. This is a person who is always consuming. But regardless of how much they consume, the needs are always more. There's always more month at the end of the money. Am I talking to somebody in the house? It's like somehow the month gets to 20th and you're like, ah, when will this month end? And it's like your needs always outstrip the supply. That's what's happening in this passage. You have a good job, but you're still broke. You got a raise, but still, you're still broke. And you're wondering, how come the needs are always more than the supply? You've got a spouse, but you're still lonely. Ah, ah, ah. Ah. We prayed for you, and you got the girl of your dreams, but you're still even lonelier now than you were before. Ah. How is that? How can you... By the way, am I talking to some... This thing doesn't happen in Uganda. Are there married, lonely people in this country? Yeah. You got the person of your dreams, but somehow it has never given you. It has never, it, the need is always more. There's nothing they can do that will ever satisfy because nev you never have it. You're always in scarcity. Your prayer is answered, but the need is always there. That's the principle of scarcity. I want to say this. God is not a God of scarcity. He's a God of plenty. My God is a God of abundance. He's a God of abundance. And if you're in the place of scarcity, you need to be asking yourself, 
What am I doing that is giving me this result? Tell your neighbor, give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought to your ways. Number three, the principle of unfulfillment. Unfulfillment. It says you eat, no, it says you drink but never have your fill. This is different from the last one. Because in this case, there's no scarcity. You have, and you have a lot, but it can never satisfy you. You're unfulfilled. Have you ever met those people, the richer they get, the more dissatisfied they feel? It's not that they're lacking money, or nice cars, or nice jobs. They have those things. But there is no satisfaction. They're unfulfilled. They get the job of their dreams, but now they detest going to the office. They can't stand it. They move into that neighborhood that they've always dreamt about, but it doesn't give them joy. They're miserable in that place. They have a family that everybody looks at them in church and says, what amazing children, what an amazing spouse. But they're not satisfied at home. They don't even talk to each other in the house. There's just unfulfillment. You have an abundance, but that abundance is not fulfilling you. Let me say this. If you're in a place of unfulfillment, that is not of God. Tell your neighbor, that is not your portion. Yeah, it's not you. The results you're getting could be because of the choices you're making. Tell your neighbor, give careful thought to your ways. Yeah, give careful thought to your ways. Number four, the pr I'm, I'm trying to run. Can you tell I'm running? Are you keeping up with me? Because I'm running. Today we have to run a bit, isn't it? Uh, the, the good thing with the mountain of the Lord's camp, I know we have a lot of time. But when, we are, when I'm doing garage, I have to be disciplined. I'm, I'm on my best behavior this morning. If, what you're seeing is very good behavior, by the way. I'm, I'm really trying to make sure that I, I, that you... So keep up with me. Tell your neighbor, keep up. Today you can't sleep. You have to keep up, all right? Number four, principle of vulnerability. That's another principality that gets activated against you when you don't prioritize God's work. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. Aye, how is that? You have clothes. It's not that you don't have them. You have fur coats. You have leather jackets. You have, you have minks. What else? You have, you have socks. French coat. You have gloves. Everything. But you're still not getting warm. That's the principle of vulnerability. If you've ever found yourself vulnerable and without protection, that person who always buys things, but they're always getting broken or torn before their time. Never, you can't explain how things just don't last in your house. You start a business, but your employees are stealing you blind. And you seem like people think you're prospering, but everybody around you is taking advantage of you. You're prone to frequent accidents and illogical illnesses. I don't know if you've ever seen those families, that it just seems like, it's like they have family illnesses, family disease. Us, we always get... Do you get that sometimes here? Like people have, yeah, like our family thing just seems to be this. Ah, which family thing is that? Who told you that's your family thing? That is of the devil, it's not of your family. Yeah, you cannot normalize abnormalities. That's not God's plan for your family. At all, at all, at all. You cannot accept those things. That is a report from the pit of hell itself against your family. But some people have normalized these things. The inheritance is yours. It was actually given to you, but you can't enjoy it. I see this all the time in my country. Father was rich, left big inheritance. Children have been in court for the last 20 years fighting for inheritance. 
They are rich, but they are living in poverty. They have it, but they can't. They are vulnerable. People are taking advantages. Uncles are coming in to claim what was supposed to be theirs. The widow has been left with no one protecting. The principle of vulnerability. You make money, but other people are the ones who enjoy it. That's the principle of vulnerability. Let me tell you this. If you've been going without protection, I want you to understand. That's not God's will for you. And God's word to you is give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought to your ways. Number five. Somebody say number five. Don't worry, I'm finishing. I know this, this can be depressing, this part. <laughs> God says some really tough things in this passage to his people. Number five is the principle of perpetual loss. That's another principality that people activate against them when they don't prioritize God's work. He says, you earn wages only to put them in, hole, in a purse with holes in it. Ah, it's like your pocket has holes. Whatever you store just seems to be leaking out as you're walking. You, you never have it. It's like you put it in, but you can't, it's not there. You're constantly losing things. You're constantly misplacing things. It's like the, your life is a story of loss, loss, loss. Loss of money. Loss of opportunities. Loss of relationships. Loss of customers. Losing, losing, losing. Have, have you ever had stories where people, even old people tell you, oh, you know that? You see that land there? That one we could have bought. But somehow that opportunity, we didn't get it. Our friends got it, but they left us behind. Somehow, you are just passed by others. And you're losing, losing, lo perpetual loss. Listen to me. Listen to me. Those who plan to serve God when everything is working for them, when they finally have their act together, they are invoking principalities that begin to work against them. And God looked at the people of Israel, the children of Israel, in all their hustling and bustling, and he said to them, my people, give careful thought to your ways. To your ways. Now, I'm not saying this. I want you to note this. Let me just put a caveat in this part of my message. I am not saying that every misfortune comes from the devil. I need to say that. Because it's very easy for someone to misinterpret me. I'm not saying that if there's a hard time in your life right now, it must be because of not prioritizing God's will. There are times when we face problems in our lives because of our faithfulness to God. Amen, somebody. There are times because I refused to sleep with somebody, I was fired. There are times because I refused to give a bribe, my company did not get the tender. Because of my faithfulness, I was persecuted. And the scriptures warn us. Jesus says, John 16, 33, In this world, you will face trouble. You will face trouble. Many troubles. They will come your way. So, troubles does not automatically show a sign of unfaithfulness. In fact, when trouble comes because of persecution, the Bible says rejoice. Rejoice. Because this is what God wants for you. He wants you to rejoice. In fact, he says, persevere. Blessed are those who persevere on account of me. And that's a beautiful thing. But the thing I'm saying in this message is too many believers are persevering things that they have no business persevering. And they're saying it is God's will. And God has nothing to do with it. They're walking around saying, oh, one day in heaven, in the sweet by and by, God will wipe all my tears. Uh -uh. God is saying, even now I can wipe them. Just start being faithful. 
Start doing what I want you to do. And watch these principalities being moved away from your life. Now the good thing about God, he doesn't leave us in that space. He gives this Israelite a solution. Tell your neighbor there's a solution. Ah, there's a good solution in this word. <laughs> I love this word because it tells us how to prosper in God's house. It gives us a solution. It doesn't leave us without a solution. And God gives them three things. Come on, somebody say three things. Ah, I love this. Five things bring you problems, but three th you only need three things to succeed. Only three things. And he says, do these three things and watch what happens in your life. So that he says to them in verse 8, go up into the mountains, bring down timber, build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Just three things. The three things are go up, bring down, build. Tell your neighbor, go up, bring down, build. Just three things. I want you to remember those three things today because I believe for somebody here today, you're receiving revelation that's about to spin some things around. Some things are about to change permanently in your life. Tell your neighbor, he's talking about you. Yeah, this is, this is a message for somebody watching online right now. Something is about to click for you as you listen to this message. I believe the Lord has a message for his people in the house today. Go up. Go up has to do with surrender. Surrender. Go up basically meant that these people were to stop focusing on themselves and go up into the mountains. Because that's where the wood was to be found to build God's house. It was an inconveniencing thing for them to do. It required surrender. It required for them to trust God. Because they were to, to, for them to go up, they would have to leave their hustles and to send their best people up in the mountains. And God says, go up, surrender. And he says, go up in that place where it's inconvenient. Let me say this. You will never find it more convenient to serve God than it is today. Yeah. If you're saying the day when I have a godly spouse. Ah, 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 ah. We will be so effective in ministry. Let me tell you, you have no idea what you're saying. You are calling problems to yourself. If you cannot serve God effectively when you're single, I'm just telling you, my sister, my brother, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. The apostle say, Paul, Paul says, marriage has enough troubles of its own. Ah, ah. You could be calling problems on yourself. You know, the married people are not smiling. They are, they are, they are looking at me like they understand. The single people are still like, uh-huh, pastor. Uh-uh, you don't understand. <laughs> if only I could have that beautiful, uh-uh. Let me tell you, that beautiful, that beautiful, ha-ha. <laughs> ha-ha. <laughs> what? I tell you about beautiful. You know, my wife and I have been married for 29 years now. This beautiful woman. Uh-uh, she's an amazing woman, let me tell you amazing woman beautiful inside and outside yeah 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 yeah. i can tell you that i love her with all my heart all my heart by the way i completely love her like and here's the thing for the young people to understand there's nothing romantic at all in what i've just said when you've been married 30 years and you say i love you that is not a romantic statement it is a statement of significant fact. You have been through romance and come out on the other side. 
and realize romance doesn't pay bills. <laughs> By the way, there's a reason why it's married people standing up in the house right now. Let me tell you, single people, I need to come and just preach about marriage in this church. There's a reason. Be because I'm helping your neighbor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me tell you, there are some things, when you get married and you think, I finally found my angel. Huh? They sing all these songs about angel, angel in weddings. When you've been married 30 years, you just look at them and say, ah, angel. <laughs> Angels live in heaven and they don't get married. <laughs> that person standing next to you is no angel. They are a sinner. Fallen. Rebellious against the king. And you're about to find out because what God uses you as you know, God uses, God uses, you know when you have a rough piece of wood, what do you use to smooth it? Sandpaper. What happens to the sandpaper after it's been smoothing for a while? It starts becoming, it starts becoming, eh? Now, here's what you understand. That you are the sandpaper for your spouse. You are the tool for holiness that God will use to remove all their issues and make them like Jesus. And at one point, you'll be like that sandpaper. <laughs> because God did not create marriage to make you happy. He created it to make you holy. Mm, 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 mm. So if you're waiting for marriage so you to serve God, I'm telling you now, ah, you are lying to yourself. If you cannot serve God right now, 100 kilometers per hour, when you get married, let me tell you, my sister, my brother, ah, ah, ah. By the way, I'm so glad. I'm so, I'm so excited about Pastor Glory. I see a woman who is not saying to God, I will only serve you when you give me a spouse. She's saying, I will serve you with my all, spouse or no spouse. And because of that, I believe the Lord is bringing you a godly man. A godly man who will stand alongside you and serve the Lord with you. And by the way, I just want to say this one, she will receive a godly man, a great man. And if that godly man is hearing me right now, I just want you to understand, this is God's word to you. It's time. You've been watching her. Come and say it. Stop fearing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's time. It's time. By the way, that word is prophetic. Somebody has received it right now. If you are not achieving purpose by yourself, the person you bring will not bring purpose to you. Because half plus half in marriage is not one. It is half. In marriage, it is one plus one equals to one. Yeah. If you're complete in Christ, and then you marry someone who's complete in Christ, then you will both be complete in Christ. If you're waiting for someone to complete you, oh, you will always be half. Somebody said it so badly. They said it's like, have you ever seen a dog with a tick? The tick is getting something from a dog. Many times in marriage, it's two ticks without a dog, trying to get from each other. Everybody thinking the other one is the one to satisfy them. Because nobody has a well of living water springing out to bless. Okay, this is not a married someone. Please sit down. Let me, my time. Remember, I'm, I'm on my best behavior today. <laughs> tick on tick. Ah, what a disgusting picture. Listen, you cannot serve God without what you have. If you cannot serve God broke, you will never serve God rich. Yeah. If you cannot tithe when you're earning little money, you will never tithe when you have a lot of money. 
Yeah, don't lie to yourself. And the Lord is saying, give careful thought to your ways. So go up, surrender. The Bible says that in, in Luke 14:33, in the same way, those of you who don't give up everything cannot be my disciples. You cannot be a disciple. He doesn't say those of you who don't give up a little time once in a while. That's not what he says. He doesn't say those of you who don't give up when you can. Is that what it says? What does it say? Those of you who cannot give up? Oh, come on, somebody. Say it. I know you're, I know you're not liking this verse. But just say it for my sake. Say it for the preacher's sake. Those of you who cannot give up? Everything! Cannot be my disciples. You could be fooling yourself and saying you're a disciple, but you're actually not. Because you're still alive. Yeah. You know what? To be a disciple is to be dead. Paul says, I've been crucified in Christ. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. That's what it means to follow Jesus. You don't, you're, you're dead. You're finished. You've given up everything. You're following him. And he says, the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God. Everything I do now, I do for him. Not for myself. And so the first place is to understand that I need to surrender. God is saying to them, surrender. That career is not your career, it's my career. That car is not your car, it's my car. That house is not your house, it's whose house? It's God's house. Those children are not your children, they are my children. That spouse is not my spouse. Ah, come on somebody. Yeah. It's not yours, it's his. It's a tool to help you serve him. So he says, the first thing I want you to do is surrender. Just release that, everything to me. Understand I am your Lord. I own everything. You don't own it. And the Christian prayer is not my will, but yours be done. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Not my will. If you're making your own decisions about your own money, you're not a follower of Jesus. And this is why the Bible says, not all of you who call me Lord, Lord. Yeah? Not all of you who call me Lord. The, the title, what you say is not what is, it's, it's what you're doing with your life. That life, whose is it? That's what determines who you're following. So the first thing is to go up. Tell your neighbor, go up. Go up. There's no such thing as a self-directed Christian. Number two, bring down. Bring down. This is the principle of resources. The principle of resources. The people who are supposed to go up and then collect timber. Using, put in the sweat of their labor. Put in the hard work. And then bring down that labor, the, the results of that labor, the wood that they got. They were to bring it down to build God's house. They were to invest and use what they invested to build God's house. Let me tell you something I noticed in scripture that's very interesting. There's no place where you will find worship in scripture without sacrifice. Have you ever thought about that? Like every time people in the scripture worship, they sacrifice. They don't have the concept of sacrificeless worship worship you know when we grew up we used to sing very interesting songs we bring a sacrifice of praise unto the ah, you guys know that song also wow <laughs> we bring a sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord and we offer and we offer up to him our sacrifices of thanksgiving mm, mm, mm. A sacrifice, a sacrifice of Praise God, wow, I can see you. people here went to Sunday school, amen <laughs> What a great song, what a great song 
There's one danger in that song, however. It can give you the impression that what you've just done is a sacrifice of praise. Huh? We have brought a sacrifice through our singing. Ah, we have sacrificed here. <laughs> that is not a sacrifice. In fact, it is you who is enjoying that singing. Have you, ever, have you ever noticed sometimes worship is so much fun, it's actually for me. I'm the one who's enjoyed it. I've had so much fun in the house of the Lord. That is not sacrifice. It is setting me up for sacrifice. It is preparing my heart for sacrifice. But sacrifice is something that costs me something. It costs me something. And, and singing beautifully like we did this morning, I don't think it me, it didn't cost me. It actually enhanced my life. I feel richer than when I walked into this place. Uh, uh, being led in worship by Pastor, by Prophet Angela is not, is not sacrifice. It is, in, it is investment in my life. I can be here every day if she's the one leading worship. Yeah, that's not a sacrifice, a blessing. What she was doing is preparing you to sacrifice. And sacrifice is not sacrifice if it doesn't cost you. If it doesn't cost you. Yeah, King David, he wanted to build, he wanted to buy this land. And, 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 and this man called Arauna said, Ah, you're the king. I want to honor you. Take my land. Take it all. I don't have to. Uh, uh, David said, Ah, 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 ah. Ah, He says, I cannot sacrifice to the Lord something that has cost me nothing. I cannot, he said, I cannot sacrifice. I can't receive a gift and then sacrifice. That's not a sacrifice. It didn't cost me. People in the scripture understood that sacrifice costs. Tell your neighbor, sacrifice costs. You know, my ambition with my wife, my sweetheart here, our ambition is to be among the top. I always say, you know, sometimes I say 10 and then I'm like, even 10, we can't be. They're too far. The top five givers in the entire Mavuno movement. That's our, that's our ambition in life. And you know, because Mavuno is entering many countries and some of those people are giving in bigger currencies than ours, um, you would think that we're intimidated by that. Uh-uh. We will give more than them. There's no way our children can ever outgive us. That is not our ambition in life. We want wherever there's a Mavuno church, they will understand that their, their pastor, their, their lead pastor, gives more than them. And it's because I'm not here for them their giving doesn't help me. Their giving doesn't help us. We don't need the resources. Actually, here's the thing about our, our, our thing. We don't actually earn a salary. I work for free for Mavuno Church. I work for free, but here's a crazy thing. And I told people at, Transform, at, at, at um, the camp this, I told the people at the camp this, our tithe, what we tithe with my wife, what we give for our tithe, is more than many people in this room make as a couple. And I don't say that with any pride. It's the truth. It's just the truth. And it's not because we have hustled or becomes, it's just because the Lord, you can never outgive God. God is this, he's got this crazy thing that when you, he just, I don't, God cannot stand his children giving more than him. Ah, Solomon is the one who gives, he slaughters a thousand cows for God. And God shows up and says, what do you want? Solomon says, ah, he's a holy man. I just want to be, I just want wisdom. God says, okay, have wisdom. And then God makes him the richest person in his generation. It's like, ah, you give me a thousand cows, you think you can embarrass me. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> my children cannot give more than me. You can never outgive God. And that's why, by the way, in my church, my children will not outgive me. Ah, it's not, it's a godly principle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They try, by the way, but they can't. And ask them, they know. 
they know. My wife and I will give. We'll always will give. That's our ambition. That we want to give more. We don't give 10%. That's what we used to give when we were first believers. I believe tithe is for new Christians, by the way. Uh, people who have just come to know God. It's a training wheel. It's an Old Testament regulation. It's not for New Testament. Uh, we, we actually, the Bible, in the New Testament, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah, it's not about tithing. Tithing was just for Old Testament. So we give, I, I think it's probably in the range of 50, 60% of what we receive. Yeah. The problem is, it's always increasing. So sometimes we fall behind because it's like God is always just like trying to compete with. We're like, God, wait, we're still giving. <laughs> wow. Tell your neighbor, bring down. Stop thinking that you're preserving yourself by measuring your kindness to God. God won't become rich with your gift. The gift is about you, not him. Yeah, that's the father we serve. He understands that your gift is just a measure of your surrender. When Abmo is saying a thousand church buildings, ah, somebody should be claiming and saying, my family and I, surely, ten of those ones should be ours. Yeah, we build them, not with congregation, just us. Lord, bless us so that we can bless your work. And you know, there's a principle I call, there are two principles at work when it comes to pledges. I say, there's a principle of faith, and there's a principle of faithfulness. Don't mistake the two. Faith is the one that says, God, by faith, I want to give this amount. I don't have it right now, but I'm going to pledge it. But many people make the mistake of thinking, now that I've pledged, let me wait for the day God blesses me so that I can now do his work. It's as if God is the one who made the pledge. And I find that shocking that people can actually make pledges and then they don't do anything about them. And they're still waiting for God to... It's like you, you made the pledge for God. God didn't ask you to be his agent. You made the pledge for yourself. So the second principle is a principle of faithfulness. Where you're saying, I don't have the amount of the pledge, but I, this I have, I will bring to the church. I only have this amount, but I will bring it. And every week I will bring what I have. Until the day the Lord multiplies it and makes it enough. That's a principle of faithfulness. And so I just want to encourage you. I mean, you are, you, I'm, I'm so excited about what God is doing through Worship Harvest. Let me just say this. We are following you hard. Yeah. We're following you hard. Apmo has been on my case. He's the one who told me, Pastor M, you have to build. And because I follow many, I follow this man hard. Following hard. In fact, in Mavuno, we talk about, we copy until we, we become better than the original. Even me, very soon, I'll be talking about, this is the building. This is the land we've bought. These are the plots we are buying. So my challenge to you, because we are following you, never let us catch up with you. Yeah, yeah, don't allow. Don't allow. And by the way, we are running fast. So I'm just telling you, make sure that you don't allow. Because we are following you. Amen. The grace was given to you on our behalf. So don't allow us to come and become the firstborn because you are the ones who are given that grace. Amen, somebody. Tell your neighbor, bring down. Ah, come on, somebody. The third one is build. 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 Build is talking about engagement. God never said, go and bring it down and then give it to the qualified builders. Give it to the contractors. Give it to the people who are skilled. He said, all of you build the house of the Lord. Discipleship is not for the pastors or the people who are qualified. It is for every one of us. Tell your neighbor, he's talking about you. Yeah. 
Whether you're young or old, whether you're married or single, it's your job to build God's house. Are you a kingdom builder? Are you a kingdom builder? Ask your neighbor that for me. Are you a kingdom builder? This is why God placed you wherever he's placed you. Whatever school he put you in, he put you there to build his kingdom. Whatever house he's given you, that house was given to you to build his kingdom. Whatever car he's given you, even if you're riding Boda Boda, that is your privilege right now. If you cannot make disciples riding Boda Boda, you will never make disciples running, riding, riding, uh, riding your Range Rover. Don't say, Lord, when I have Range Rover, I make, uh-uh, make now with the Boda Boda. Come on, somebody. Yeah, do it. Whatever situation, that, that school God has placed you in as a student, this is a place for you to be faithful and to build God's house. And I believe that many times the, the scripture for me, one of my scriptures that is such a favorite scripture is Matthew 6.33. Because it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what does it say? Oh, ah, come on somebody. Not some things, not a few things, not perhaps might be added. What does it say? All other things will be added to you. They'll be added. By the way, let me just tell you this. It is the truth. God adds all other things. Too many people in the world are chasing things and hoping the kingdom follows. God is saying, give careful thought to your ways. I want you to chase me and allow those things to follow. And when you do it, you start entering the blessed life. I live a blessed life, by the way. I don't chase wealth. I don't think about money. I never wake up wondering about provision. <laughs> I never do. I never do. Right now, there's a big transaction that my wife and I are in the middle of. It requires an astronomical amount, the largest single payment we've ever made in our lives by the end of this month. And I don't have that money. I haven't lost one night of sleep. One night. In fact, for me, what I'm thinking right now is, my goodness, I wonder how he's going to do it. It never crossed my mind, will he do it? I'm like, I'm like I can't wait for how he will do it. And when I come to transform, I'll have a testimony. Come on, somebody. I will. I will. That's a father I serve. I have no fear. He will provide. I know. The question is how. It's like I'm watching to see how he scores the goal because I know we win. Yeah, that's how it is. And that's what God desires for you. That you move away from fear. That you move away from hustling. That you move away from anxiety. That you move away from thinking one day when I have. That you will learn to be faithful now with what you have. You will be a kingdom builder. Not a person who's holding back. But with all your life you're saying, God, I will serve you with everything I have. And then watch everything follow after you. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Everybody in the house. I believe the Lord is in this house right now. He wants somebody right now to commit to be a kingdom builder. I want you to speak to your father right now. Don't speak to your pastor. Speak to your father. Raise your voice in the house right now. Just speak to your father. Call him. Call his name. Say, God, I confess. If you're one of those who's been holding yourself back, say, God, I confess. I've not given you everything. I've been holding myself back. I've been reserved. I've been giving what I can spare. I've not understood yet this principle. But Lord, help me. Give me wisdom today. Help me to give careful thought to my ways. I want to be a kingdom builder. I want to be a church builder. I want to be a disciple maker. My generation will know you because of me. I will follow you with everything I have. 
I will serve you with my youth. I will serve you with my strength. I will not hold anything back. Bless the Lord. He's in this house. He's receiving the prayers of his children. He wants you to express yourself to him. He wants you to call out to him right now and make your commitment to him. Say, God, I will serve you. I will follow you. I love you, Jesus. I want to pray for somebody here who is below 20 years of age. I just sense there are some very young people here. Maybe 20, just around 20. I don't know if there are people. Just raise your hand wherever you are. Come on, let's just appreciate all the young people in the house. I bless God for you. I bless God for you. I want to speak a special blessing. I just sense the Lord would have me speak a special blessing upon you in the house right now. Father, I thank you. Just keep your hand up as I pray. Father, I just want to thank you for these young ones. Ah, they are hearing your word in their youth. They have an opportunity to give careful thought to their ways while they are still in school. And Lord, what a privilege that unlike people who are having to undo decisions, they can start making the right decisions at an early age. I pray over these ones that the enemy would never come near them. We post angels of fire around them. We declare that Lord, they will not backslide in their faith. I declare over them that no time wasters will come into their life. I declare that Lord, these ones will build your kingdom. Ah, Lord, your kingdom will advance because of these young ones. I declare over them that they will be church planters in their, in their young age. Yes. I declare that their generation is in trouble because of them. Ah, Lord, the enemies, I see the kingdom of, of heaven advancing because of these young ones. Ah, God is going to cause you to do greater things than anybody else in this room. Oh, yes. Ah, you will be celebrated and rejoiced by your, by your generation. Ah, Lord, I thank you because of these ones. I speak right now that the Holy Spirit would fall upon them. You'd begin to give them dreams and visions. That, Lord, the fire they will have will not even be like their parents' fire. It will be a different kind of fire. A new generation that will arise in this church and glorify you, Lord. I pray that, Lord, you'd give them prophetic gifts. Uh, give them every spiritual gift. Teach them to be good with finances. Bless them, Lord, as they serve you. I pray that, Lord, they will be set apart as a generation. Oh, come on, let's just appreciate these young ones. I declare over you that you will be great. You will be great. Tell them, if you're standing next to one of them, tell them you will be great. Ah, you will be so great. The Lord has spoken it over you today. You will be great. You will do great things. Your generation is blessed because of you. Your generation is blessed because of you. And so, Father, now I just speak a blessing over your children. I thank you for this amazing house. This amazing house called Worship Harvest that we love so much, that you love so much. And Lord, I declare every blessing upon this house. Father, we pray that we in our part of the world will rejoice when they are victorious. That we will keep lifting our banners in the name of our King. We thank you for the 99 churches that have been planted by the people in this house so far. But Father God, we thank you that these are very tiny beginnings. That Lord, a great movement is arising in this place. As men and women step up and understand that I will build God's house. Our Lord, this house will not be built just by those 99 pastors. It will be built by every single person here. And I pray that, Lord, the glory of this house will be spoken across this whole world in our generation because of the faithfulness of these ones. And so I bless you, God's people, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And God's people say it together. Come on, let's give a mighty shout to Jesus. Amen. Wow, can you hear me celebrate Jesus?
what he's done and can we thank pastor ed for such a powerful word amen are you blessed to be here today oh yes ay, 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 ay. who is feeling energized to build god's house oh yes i am amen amen there's a scripture that pastor m quoted i'm trying to remember it uh it is peter the one of first peter but you are living stones amen living stones where is it living stones being built into a spiritual house so you understand that the first building piece of god's house is yourself is yourself before you can build you have to be part and the way you become a part is by accepting jesus as your lord and savior amen i was in secondary school it must have been senior two or three and having grown up in a christian home with christian parents i thought ah Covered. and a fellow student came and challenged me it's called Michael Kadome he said Moses your parents faith cannot be transferred to you by family association you have to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and that day I accepted he prayed for me I received Jesus amen it is by far the best decision wonder how I could have made a decision that powerful because it has everything else that has happened in my life is out of that one decision amen maybe you're here this morning maybe a friend invited you or you've been coming been checking us out but you've never made a decision to receive Jesus you've never made a public proclamation you've never come forward and received prayer to receive Jesus I want to do that for you this morning even as we close is that okay with everyone is that all right so as everyone is praying i'm going to ask us to pray just pray in the spirit and let's let's just allow god to help us to help us amen so if you're there you're saying pastor pray for me i want to give my life to jesus can you just put your hand up i want to pray with you just put it up straight so i can see it wherever you are wherever you are uh, thank you for that hand i see it anyone else oh thank you for those hands thank you for those hands oh i see i see those hands thank you can you just walk and come down here come 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 here your neighbors should walk with you if you are next to that person go via the steps even from upstairs if you're this way whichever section you're in i'd just like to pray with you can we celebrate as this before thank you my brother god bless you god bless you god bless you my sister god bless you my brother god bless you my sister god bless you my sister oh yes you'll never be the same again today is your appointment for salvation appointment for salvation keep coming keep walking keep moving let nothing stop you awesome welcome welcome we love you god loves you at all the locations there's a pastor at the front waiting for you so do not delay just start walking god is in this place 
and he is restoring you yes god bless you god bless you god bless you god bless you ah okay everyone wanted a high five god bless you anyone else you're saying pastor i want to be part of god's house i want to give my life to jesus i want to make the most important decision of my life this morning just keep coming just keep coming just keep coming just keep coming god bless you anyone else anyone else i'm waiting for you oh god bless you god bless you my sister it is well it is well that says the lord it is well god bless you keep coming anyone else check with your neighbor in this church when we are doing the altar call we all support liverpool football club because they say you will never walk alone so check with your neighbor they may be feeling a little jelly in their legs they want to come but they feel like how do i walk over there so if they are there you just walk with them and immediately I finish the prayer, you go back to supporting Arsenal and whatever else. But right now we are all in Liverpool. Check with your neighbor and tell them you will not walk alone. I will walk with you. I will walk with you. Hey. Anybody else? Wow, what a glorious day to receive the Lord. Wow, what a powerful word about building God's house. Oh, and that we all get an opportunity to be a part of it. Awesome. Let's pray. Now, friends, you're going to pray after me. Is that okay? The Bible says that with the heart, one believes for righteousness, but with the mouth, confession is made for salvation. Just the same way, like when someone gets married, they just say words. And then when they are finished, they are married. Even you, you're just going to say words, but when you're done, you'll belong to Christ oh, yes. 100%. Not even one little bit will be left in the world. Is that okay? So just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, today, today, I receive you, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. Forgive me my past. Forgive me my past. And give me a future. And give me a future. With you. With you. I acknowledge you. I acknowledge you as my Lord. As my Lord. As my Savior. As my Savior. I confess. I confess that you were raised from the dead. That you were raised from the dead. That you reign forever. That you reign forever. And that you are inviting me into your kingdom. And that you are inviting me into your kingdom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' amen, name. Amen. 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 Now, I want you to point to your one finger like this, as if you are warning someone. And say, Satan, Satan, from today, from today, between you and me, between you and me, it's over. It's over. You cannot talk to me. You cannot talk. You to cannot me. come into my life. You cannot come into. I my now life. belong to Jesus. I now belong to Amen. Jesus. Amen. Can we go give God a shout for these wonderful brothers and sisters? Now, this is. We're here every Sunday, 9 o'clock and 11.30 for the young ones.
or both. Some of us, we are here from morning till evening. So anytime you come, we will be here. So feel free to come back next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next Sunday. But this is Pastor Kathy. I want you to go with her just over there. She will take your names so that we can be praying for you. Is that okay? All right. Can we celebrate them as they go with Pastor Kathy? Wow. What a blessing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is a house of salvation. People receive Jesus. Restoration. I, 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 I sense restoration. Amen. Our time is fast spent, but I'm going to have to do this because I'm feeling it in my heart. And uh, I don't even know how it's going to work. But you're, if you feel convicted by Pastor M's message about being radical, about building God's house, okay? I'm not talking about the radical ones already like Pastor Angela. <laughs> but, you know, you feel, you have been, you're, you've been a bit holding back, you know, like you are a convenience member or something, you know, you, 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 are, you are giving or you may even be serving, but, you know, it's just enough. But you feel like, I want to go all out. You've been challenged in the way you give your time, the way you give your money, the way you give your skills to serve in God's house. And you feel like, today I want to go all out. I want you to come and we pray. I want you to just walk here to the front. I want to pray with you. Let's celebrate them as they come. You're saying, I'm going to go all out. Pastor M, can you come and pray for us? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Just come. Just come. You know, it's not by power. It's not by might. It's by the Holy Spirit. You're saying, I'm going all out. Serving, giving, being available, making disciples, leading missional communities, what, whatever, whatever. You, you know that, you know you've already, maybe already been giving a little bit, or here and there, but you have not been going all out. And today light has come. And you're saying, you know what? I want to go all out. Please come. Amen. It's my privilege to pray for you. This is a decision I made. I, got, I gave my life to Jesus, but I didn't know that God wanted my life completely. And the day that I made the prayer that you're making right now, my life completely changed. God took it over, and it's never been the same. I never knew that one day I would speak in places across the world. I would have a global influence. I never knew that I would have impact. I thought all, all my ambition in life was to be rich. That's what I wanted to be, is just to be rich. You can hear nowadays, riches is nothing. Riches is nothing. Money is nothing. Money is a tool to serve God. And I believe as you're dedicating yourselves to serve God with your life, that you are going to experience God's power like you never have before. Some of you have never heard God speak to you clearly, audibly. You're going to start hearing God from today because of your surrender. He's going to start speaking to you because before you were holding like this. But from today, this is your posture when it comes to God. It's like it's all yours. It's all yours. Just put out your hand in front of yourself. It's all yours. Father, thank you for surrender. Thank you that it's the most beautiful thing that we can ever do. Thank you that it's the reason that Jesus came. That we would be fully surrendered to God. 
And thank you that, Lord, you rejoice when you see full surrender in your children. Sons and daughters who say, my life is no longer mine. It is completely God's for his purpose. And I thank you that this is what we are witnessing today in this church. Men and women who are making a commitment that they will serve. They will make disciples. That their lives belong to you 100%. There's no holding back. And so right now, Lord, as this surrender is given, and that your sons and daughters are saying, all that I have, all that I am, all that I hope to be, it is now in your hands. You use me. I pray that, Lord, in each of these, you will attract disciples to them. Start opening their eyes to see the impact they can have in the places you've given them. Every station, every gift that you've already given them, start to show them why you gave it to them. Start to help them understand. Open their minds so that they'll understand spiritual things. And I speak over them right now that Holy Spirit, you would fill them. Fill them with the Spirit of God. I pray that those who've been longing to hear your voice, they will start to hear clearly your will for their lives. Those who've been just walking around randomly, they are going to start understanding what it means to live a life of purpose and focus as they pursue you. That Lord, they will find you there with them. And I declare that all of these, none of you will live a mediocre life. None of you will live a mediocre life. You will live lives of purpose and impact. And so Father, I thank you. I see MC leaders here. I see zonal pastors in this place. I see people who are going to lead locations in their young age. I see people who will have such authority. People will look at you and marvel and wonder where your authority comes from. Because it is clearly not your age or your qualifications. I see God opening doors for you that are way beyond what you're qualified for. Because your life now is open to Him. And so Father, I thank you because of what I see happening in this church. What I see happening in this location. What I see happening in all the locations where people are watching this and making this prayer. That Lord, a new thing is about to happen as your people surrender it all to you withholding nothing. And so I bless you God's people. Receive God's blessing. Just now, just begin to say, Lord, I receive it. Lord, I receive you. I receive your anointing. I receive the filling of your Holy Spirit. Guess what happens? As you're emptied out, the Holy Spirit has space to fill you. And so right now, Lord, begin to fill your children. Uh, begin to do something right now in somebody's life right now. I declare over somebody here, you've been stressed. I don't know why, I just feel like there's somebody here who's not even been sleeping because of stress. And right now, that stress is about to leave your life. You will not experience stress again in your life and you will testify that the Lord has done this. Insomnia is not your friend. It is gone in Jesus' name. There's somebody here who's been so fearful. You've been so fearful. People don't even see you because of how afraid you are to be seen. Ah, you will be so surprised at how God is going to put you in front of people from today. And you will have no fear of people anymore. You'll be so full of the joy of the Lord. Courage is what people will see in your life from today. And so I declare over you, you will not be mediocre, you will be known. You will be lifted up. Men will seek your wisdom and advice because you have the spirit of the holy God living in you. And so Father, I speak over your children, the anointing of the Lord God. Make Daniels and Esthers arise from these ones that will glorify you in their generation to the glory and the honor of God. I bless you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and God's people say it. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout right now. Bless you, Lord. Amen.